0: This podcast was made with Descript. Descript is a groundbreaking new media tool that allows creators to edit audio and video like a text document and create a realistic clone of their own voice for seamless edits.
1: Please check out our Patreon at Asian Hustle Network. We want Asian to continue being meaningful and give back to the Asian community. If you enjoy our podcast and would like to contribute to our feature, we hope you become a patron. Hey guys, welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. My name is Brian.
0: And my name is Maggie. And today we have two special guests with us. They are identical twin brothers, Jack Nguyen and David Nguyen, and they are founders of semiconductor company, Ram Exchange. Ram Exchange specializes in the wholesale and manufacturing of memory chips, also known as computer RAM. Ram Exchange was founded in their college apartment while they were both attending UC Riverside. They dropped out two quarters shy Of their graduation and moved back to silicon valley to focus on their company 14 years later ram exchange is continuing its growth and thriving through this pandemic they are also co-founders of it server exchange llc a company that focuses on reselling computers servers being serial entrepreneurs jack and david are also in the restaurant and real estate businesses They are multi-unit Denny's franchisee, investors, and board members of a boba chain called Teaspoon, and are commercial real estate investors focusing on retail strip centers and industrial offices. Fun fact, Jack and David are neighbors, and they share one big backyard. Jack, his wife, and his two kids have the same initials, JN, while David's family of four also have the same initials, DN. Jack and David, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having us. Yeah, we're super excited to have you guys. So let's hop right into it, guys. <laughs> like, tell us about your upbringing. What was it like? And were you guys always this entrepreneurial?
2: Um. Okay, so my upbringing. So um, me and David, we grew up in Southside, San Jose, mm-hmm. the 70s area. So people that are from San Jose, they know it's like the hood, you know? <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so, so we grew from the hood, you know, and, um, my parents own a salon, uh-huh. but it was, uh, in the garage, Okay, <laughs> not an actual salon out there, you know? So she cut hair in her garage,
3: mm-hmm. you
2: know, and growing up, you know, we're twins. So my parents always dressed up us, you know, same clothing, you know, same color. We wore the exact same thing all the way through middle, all the way to middle school. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then one day, you know, as you know, when you get older, you get more mature, you're like, you want your own identity.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we just have,
2: let, let's dress differently today. <laughs> so, so, when one day we went to school and we dressed differently. Everybody thought we got in a fight. Oh, they're, like, they're so mad at each other. They don't like each other. Oh, but we were always close growing up, you know, and then uh, went through high school. Tough times in high school, you know, you get bullies and stuff.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then
2: then we got to UCR, UC Riverside. hmm yeah, and then, uh,
3: you, you wanna start from there, Riverside?
2: Yeah, so, yeah, so we went to uh, Riverside together. Uh, we dormed together, you know, we had the same majors, and we started the business together. And
3: originally,
2: our uh, parents wanted us to become pharmacists. You know, asian parents, you gotta be a doctor, a pharmacist, engineer, you
3: know?
2: Yeah. I spent all this time taking all those labs and taking all those classes. Yeah. But I realized. After a while, I realized, man, pharmacy is not for me. Like, uh-huh. science is not for me. It's hard, you know, maybe because I didn't put much effort into it. Yeah. You know, then when we start our own business, that's all we focus on, you know. But, um, yeah, man, our, our parents wanted us to be pharmacists. I end up marrying a pharmacist. Oh. So, <laughs> good enough. Good enough. Okay,
1: that's good. Yeah. That's good. <laughs>
0: So what did your what did your parents think about you guys kind of giving up on your pharmacist life? Were like were they upset or were they more laid back?
2: You know, I thought they would be really upset. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: But I was surprised they're okay with it. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: You know, my dad got married in his mid-40s. Okay. He met my mom here, not in Vietnam here. They got married here and they had us here. So my dad and my mom are much older. My mom had us in her late 30s. My dad had us in the mid forties and they thought I, and they're really traditional. And I thought, you know, we, we had to be the ideal kids for him, right. Yeah. you know? But then when we told him that we wanted to take a break from school
3: uh-huh.
2: mm-hmm. and cost you on this business, because we didn't tell him we had a side hustle. Okay. machines was our side hustle. And we didn't tell him we had that until we had enough savings. And we told him, look, I've saved this much, this much amount of money. Uh-huh. And I think I can scale this and this could be my full time gig. You know? <laughs> and during that time my parents they had health issues because they're, they're much older, you know. They're in that's when they're in their six late sixties. Uh-huh. And they're okay with it because you know I, I showed them what I could do. Like I saved this much and if I screw up, I'll I'll go back to school and at least I'll pay off my student loans. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But, but tell tell them how we started, David. <laughs> tell how we started. Okay, so how we started from the very beginning, you know, um, we're Vietnamese, so Vietnamese people love gambling, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I used to uh, play a lot of pie gal, okay. poker, blackjack, and got us into debt. Like, we owe a lot of money at the time. Because you uh, know LA, Indian casinos are 18 and over. Yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. So oh,
1: 18 what 18 is it, Morongo? There. Morongo, man. Yeah, uh, Riverside? Eat that place. Never go there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh,
2: we gamble all, all, all our money away, uh-huh. even our financial aid away. Wow! So we didn't have That's any crazy. money whatsoever, yeah. and then we used to host underground poker. Oh! <laughs> so, wow. so I had like a poker table, uh-huh. and I bought like these nice cards, and we would deal poker, and we bring a lot of our friends um, for cash games at our house, and we get their tips, and that that paid, paid for our apartment, that paid uh-huh. for our food. Wow. Dude, right. I, I know. Yeah, I oh, was like, <laughs> <laughs> and then summer came. Mm-hmm. Everyone went home. No one's at school.
3: Yeah. So I'm like,
2: damn, I'm broke. What do I do? So we went to work for a company called E Bargain Electronics, yeah. uh-huh. and it was only um, it was an eight dollar an hour gig. Mm-hmm. And we worked there for maybe three months full time. Then whatever we made, and then our financial aid came um, that that far corner. We yeah. gambled that away again, and that was uh, this time was online. It was online gambling. It, okay. they, they banned it now. It was on like pokerroom.com or something. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So we lost everything again. We are like, "What the hell am I gonna do? I worked my I worked and got nothing to show for it." Uh-huh. So so since we're in like the electronics recycling business, what my boss was doing, yeah. you know, and and um and i realized there was there's opportunity to be had i mean mm-hmm. uh, my boss would just recycle uh, crt these big monitors they would recycle them um throw away like computers and servers yeah. and for us uh we we met some guy his name was uh what's his name was Sid. Oh, yeah. and he came from india uh-huh. and uh, and we we had dinner with him one day and he kind of told us what he did you know like he, he buys and sells electronics uh-huh. So that's, that's kind of how we thought uh-huh. that, you know. meeting 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 was lucky for us because that time when we met him, our boss could not pick him, him up from his hotel room. So he asked us, can you pick up my client from the hotel and bring him uh-huh. uh, to the office? Uh-huh. So I was like, okay, fine. I picked him up and then I looked up to him because he told me how rich he was, you know, <laughs> his wife's a surgeon and he's in uh-huh. a tech business. <laughs> that time I was like, 20. You know, I looked up to him. I was like, man, I want to be like this, like this guy. You know, and, and and he was just always in the back of my head. You know, Dude, that entire eight-hour shift, I was just like, man, I gotta get to know this guy. Uh-huh. And then the day comes five o'clock, my boss goes, drive him home. So, like, okay, yeah, let me drive him back to the hotel. So I gave him a ride, drove him back, and then he goes, let's go to dinner. I was like, free um, dinner? Oh, of course, I'll be my girlfriend. <laughs> Bye. You know, free dinner. You know, and then yeah, we got to know him for a while, and I was like, man i want to be in the tech industry you know i want to be like this and then and i asked him what do you do we wholesale computers you know we buy containers and we sell them over to india and wow. i thought but but having doing computers you need a lot of labor a lot of overhead i thought i want to do something small something different
3: mm-hmm. like
2: comp- parts. how about computer parts not computer stuff, but computer parts the components the components <laughs> and then i looked. okay what's inside a computer you have the processor got a hard drive. You got the memory. You know, you got the motherboard. But what can you scale? And I thought, okay, there's usually one hard drive, one CPU, one motherboard. No, but there's four memory sticks. I was like, okay, you can sell more memory than you can sell, you know. <laughs> I, I, I like the basic math. Okay. <laughs> it makes right. more sense. Uh huh. Yeah. So then, then so I, so I saw I found a memory stick at work,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and I started looking on eBay. How much does this sell for? For one stick. I said, okay, one stick goes for $20. Hmm. But I see a lot of 100 selling for $8. Hmm.
3: Hmm.
2: I should buy a lot of 100 and sell one by one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh We started off buying and selling eBay. That's how we started. And we're like, yeah, and it was a hobby, you know, and we're doing that. Making like $2,000 a month in college, oh, that's pretty big yeah, money. That's, really, that's good.
0: really good.
2: Yeah, in college. Like, every night, you know, go shoot pool and just hang out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what we did for the first, what, year? Was year, yeah. First year,
3: and then, go ahead. And the
2: rest is history. Yeah. Uh, uh,
3: yeah. And we're like, okay,
2: yeah. I can focus this 12, 16 hours a day. Yeah. you know and we thought okay uh, we started making good money then we dropped out moved back home
3: mm-hmm.
2: but we didn't want to open the office right away so that time I, I told my parents okay shut your salon stop that let me take over your salon and that'll be my warehouse <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we worked from the from our garage for another two years mm-hmm. until we felt comfortable opening an office and and manufacturing and hiring employees and stuff yeah so, mm-hmm. we were fortunate to be able to retire my parents right at yeah. uh being 23 years old and your parents not working, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, they're older too. So mm-hmm. we're blessed to be able to help them.
3: Yeah.
2: But uh, yeah, so we closed our shop. We, we bought racks, mm-hmm. we put everywhere, and then we stopped working from our garage for mm-hmm. until, all the until 2009. And that's when we first opened our office
0: wow Wow. that's amazing well were your parents like worried at all because you know they i'm sure your mom put so much blood sweat and tears into the hair salon right and were they worried at all like oh can we actually survive from this ranch range company
2: that time i was giving my money mom my mom money Mm -hmm. every month Uh so it's still okay my dad he was very supportive Uh he thought how hard we worked and we worked we didn't work eight hours a day we're working like literally like 18 to 20 hours a day. I literally didn't sleep. Yeah, I would work some right
3: Yeah.
2: You know, they then would wake up at like five, uh-huh. you know? And my dad would sit there with us a lot of times. And while we we're working, like packing or like sorting and stuff, uh-huh. or like testing, he would just sit there and just hang out with us and just socialize with us. He's proud. Ooh. For hours, for hours. Yeah, and I'm wow. But yeah. so he was very, my parents were really supportive at
3: the time. Aww. Yeah.
1: So I mean, that's, that's awesome to hear. I mean, yeah. the fact that you guys started small and you guys built up a proven system to, mm-hmm. to essentially grow it to the way it is today. That's amazing. You know, yeah. a lot of people are starting out too, because maybe it's, maybe we're in, we're in a different generation now that where entrepreneurship is a lot more sexy now, mm-hmm. where it's like, Oh, I can get really wealthy in a short amount of time, but you have shown that you know, it does take a lot of time to grow your, your company from the ground up, you know, it, just, mm-hmm. it does take years and years of sacrifice and sweat to make it happen. So, hats off to you guys. That's amazing, and a lot mm-hmm. of people need to listen to that too mm-hmm. because they think that I quit my job today. Three months later, I can make a million dollars. it's like, okay, like how's that gonna work? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know?
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, it takes, like time to progress. Progress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you guys like, put in a lot of work. You know, eighteen to twenty hours. You know, people don't see that side that that side of hard work. So, yeah. You guys, yeah, hats
2: off to you guys. Even right now, I still work a lot
0: yeah I sleep every night
2: around one in the morning. Mm-hmm. David sleeps a little earlier mm-hmm. because you know we talk to customers overseas, you know in in yeah. Asia, Europe, you know, Australia. So I sleep late at one, usually one. Mm-hmm. He sleeps earlier, and then he wakes up at like five or six. I'll wake up earlier. so we, so we kind of schedule a shift like yeah.
3: that.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, so we still work a lot, you know, because we do we do a lot of the sales.
3: yeah, yeah,
2: but yeah. what I can tell you is being an entrepreneur. It's not just hard work,
3: mm-hmm.
2: working twenty hours, you know, a day. Mm-hmm. It's hard work meeting the right people
3: mm-hmm.
2: at the right time. It's also timing, mm-hmm. timing, mm-hmm. and meeting the right people. Those two are very, very important. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I can't tell you, I, I can't tell you that everybody's gonna be successful if they just work hard. But mm-hmm. luck has to do with it, a,
0: a big part of it. Yeah. I agree. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, we right. talk about
0: that all the time, like me and Brian, like some people think that it's all hard work, right? But if you're doing yeah. all hard work, like 20 hours a day, but you're you not smart. Yeah, you're not actually yeah. like producing results, then what's the point of the hard yeah. work, right? But yeah. then like luck yeah. also comes into play, like timing, you know, meeting the right people, yeah. outreach, you know, like yeah. actually going out there and you know, introducing yourself to people who matter, who will be like part of your success is so important. And like, that's a prime example. You meeting Sid, that's like one example of like perfect timing. You taking yeah. advantage of that opportunity. You knew that there was a golden opportunity for you there.
2: Yeah. And then through, through my, my 14 years in Ram, I met a lot of good people mm. and a lot of mentors, you know, while I'm learning the business, because we didn't work for anyone as far as selling Ram. You know, I'm not an engineer, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not, so I didn't, I didn't know much you know but you meet the right people and and the supportive people and, and and you you look up to them yeah and that helps a lot if you if you have mentors
0: yeah,
1: yeah. absolutely yeah. kind of curious yeah. too, like what was a scaling process like from a garage to a company and yeah. hiring your first employee yeah
0: and especially at that age too you guys were young
1: yeah, yeah. Like, what was it, it like what was the hr process like? <laughs> did you guys raise any money or you guys went like okay we need a lawyer we need to uh-huh. establish our c Corps and this is what we're going to do next
2: We actually started our business with only $5,000. We did not actually raise any money because we didn't need to. Mm -hmm. Uh, When we worked out at at home, we were able to save enough money Mm -hmm. where we can run the business comfortably without getting additional money from anywhere else. Yeah. But So opening our office, it was not a scary thing for us because we already had money to to kind of back it up. Mm -hmm. But it took a long time. It it, it did take great. Yeah, so we... We kind of started in, what, 2006? Uh, we did for a couple of years until probably toward the end of 2009 is when we kind of opened up. And we hired our first employee as well. Mm-hmm. But um, in our business, it doesn't require too much labor because you're you kind of like, you're selling a product, right? You're kind of hosting a product. So it doesn't, we're not manufacturing a product very much right now. Yeah. So uh, all that we do overseas. Overseas labor is much cheaper than here. If I were doing do it here, I will never make money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So our, our manufacturers contract overseas. So that's a labor, but you may pay a little bit more for the, prop, for the manufacturing,
3: mm-hmm. you
2: know, but it, it's just, it's just not worth the, headache. It's worth the headache, you know? Yeah. So we were very comfortable being an office here and, yeah. uh, and we just grew from there. I mean, you, you need to have an office. If you want to show face to some of like your customers, if they know you work from home, mm-hmm. then, then they're kind of reluctant to buy from you. Mm-hmm. But you know, but if you show like an office and, and you have employees, This way, you can bring more business, and our business exploded after we opened office, Mm
3: -hmm. Uh, not
2: before. So we we didn't like go really fast. We did slowly Mm -hmm. over fourteen years. You know. Yeah. 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 So took a different approach. So yeah, we we didn't have any debtors. We didn't have anything. It was just we started five thousand. You know, rotating that opening. I remember I applied for my first credit card, Mm -hmm. business card. I got denied. (laughs) I didn't have any credit history. Nothing. You know, and and I opened a small account like 3,000 credit card limits. And I kept increasing it, increasing, yeah. increasing, 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 and it was just so hard starting off. You know, at that time, how are you gonna find investors? I was twenty, I didn't know anything.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, so I just opened a whole bunch of credit cards and and just I was we were really, really tight for a while when yeah. we first started. So only yeah. money we use are pretty much credit card. Yeah. Um, and, and that's about it. Um, but at the time when you're small, you don't need that much money yeah. for business. But when you get bigger, that's when you need a lot, but all
1: those years of savings, you know, then that you're able to, to use that money.
2: You
1: know? yeah. Right. yeah. yeah, Reinvest back to the business using your profits. That's amazing. I mean, technically you guys own hundred percent of your company and that's extremely valuable, you know,
3: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. awesome. kind of curious too, like as you're growing your company, how, how did the restaurant business come about? How would you guys get into Denny's and get into T's and everything? Yeah, because that's
0: a completely whole different industry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so
1: back in uh, 2000,
2: 2009, 2009, 2009, there was a recession, mm. right? And um, our business market was crashing yeah. and price kept dropping. You know, you buy parts, by the time it comes in, price drop, And the demand was very bad during that time. So we're like, okay, we need to do something to make money. Cause we have a family to take care of um, yeah. our, our mom and dad. And then our brother, we all live together. Yeah. So, um, I kept looking online to see what kind of investment I look at Baja Fresh. I look at these other, other, uh, restaurants. Uh-huh. And I came across, um, this guy named, his name is, is Paul Dollywall. He, he's actually our current partner now.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, uh, we mm-hmm. met him through a mutual friend and we built our first Denny's in South San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. On Airport Boulevard next to the Quinta Hotel,
3: mm-hmm.
2: so we built mm-hmm. that up, and that happened to be probably the number one franchise store, either in the United States or California, right? I think in, I always say so. I know it's in California. In There's California. over four hundred anys, yeah. In uh. Uh, number one, so it helps. Your first store is like your gold mine, yeah. Right, right. and then after that we built. Um, a couple of Denny's up like Saratoga Denny's in San Jose as well.
3: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's how we kind of got into restaurant business yeah. and we were in restaurant business from 2009 until now. Yeah.
3: 2008
2: yeah. or 2009? 2009, 2009, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. um, and we know nowadays with, you know, DoorDash deliveries, it's really hard to make mm-hmm. money, but
3: right. so you gotta pay your
2: DoorDash fees.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, people are not ordering drinks as much. So they're, so your food cost is higher. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. order coffee, soda, $3 costing one or two cents. But now they just stay home and, and, and drink their soda, drink their coffee. Mm-hmm. So your markets are much smaller. It's hard to stack your restaurant. You have to um pay extra for to go boxes mm-hmm. that specialize to make sure that food doesn't taste bad, you know? Exactly. So we saw casual dining was not the way to go. So we sold off half our restaurants. We had eight, well we nine. nine, nine, we closed one down and we sold four. Mm-hmm. Um, so then now that was right before the pandemic, that was in December, 2019. So we're very fortunate, we're yeah. very, fortunate. But We
3: always need we,
2: being be in the restaurant business. We want to find something else, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, I came across Teaspoon. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually reached out to Teaspoon to open in our plaza. Yeah. yeah.
3: Um,
2: and then, uh, when I reached out to them, I met with them and then I guess we kind of clicked because we understand the restaurant business, how to be, um, at least a franchisee. Yeah. And um. And, and they, they needed us, so you know, we, we decided to join forces. And, and as we saw, you know, third-party delivery—Doordash, Uber Eats, mm-hmm. Grubhub—they were getting more popular, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we thought, okay, it's it's not good for casual dining. Big footprint with all these fees
3: mm-hmm.
2: has to be a small footprint. And I thought, beverage, drinks,
3: mm-hmm. you
2: know, and it's already to go because you're when you get it's already to go. There's no special packaging. Right. Right. So and you don't need to upsell anything, and easy to control labor because you you know. So we thought, you know what, with DoorDash it has to be some kind of fast casual mo- model, and, and with with drinks it's less health inspection, you know, easier to control your food costs, and and as much. And we thought, you know what, we need to get into boba or coffee or something, mm-hmm. you know. The, that that that, I see the trend with our body delivery, you know, I I see beverage business doing really well, mm-hmm. and fortunately You know, that when we invested in Teaspoon, you know, and became board members, that it took off. You know, we really took off during this pandemic. You know, the industry is changing. You know, coffee is not what it used to be. Because why do you go to Starbucks before work? When you have meetings, you go get Starbucks. But now you work from home. So you drink coffee at home. And then when you want something to drink later in the day, coffee or boba? If your kids are school from home, they want boba, then you get for the whole family. You don't get it, just, you know? So, boba is, is right. yeah, boba is really taking off during this pandemic. Yeah. You right. know? yeah. What I also noticed, because middle wage, it used to be $8, mm-hmm. and now it's 15 more than $15. $15. Yeah. 15 and it goes up every year based on inflation.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. And then you have
2: your sick days, yeah. that they pass a lot. If an employee comes sick, you still gotta pay them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard for a restaurant in the size of like a diner, like a four or five thousand square feet, very hard to make money. So our stores that used to make good money was cut in half, literally. You raise your menu every year, but, but it still does not keep up with your added cost from labor. Yeah. Your PGE, everything is way, way more expensive. It's not like before.
3: Yeah.
2: And the more you increase your menus, your customer count drops. That's what we noticed. Anyway, So so you you see, so the trend of casual dining is totally different. It's not the way to, I feel like it's not the way to go. You need something that's fast, casual, where it's easy to make, where you can still make money, you know? So that's how we got into Teaspoon. Um, But Teaspoon is a great brand. Um, Our sales numbers are awesome. Uh, We we have a great following. And... And we're
1: ready to take the next step with teaspoon. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, we love it. We love it a lot. And I do want to take a step back and and, and recognize that, you know, in every crisis, there's always opportunity if you continue looking. for
3: Because even
1: right now with the pandemic happening, a lot of people at the beginning are really negative. They're like, oh, no, my business is going out. Um, mm-hmm. There's nothing else for me to do. I can't pivot. I can't do this. I can't do that.
3: Mm-hmm. But I
1: feel like for you guys, your mentality has always been very positive, even though the outlook was very bad. You know, most people look at at their RAM company, oh no, it's doing really bad. It's time to freak out. Mm -hmm. Like, what do we do now? But you guys saw different opportunities as this window is closing, other windows are opening up. So how can we pivot, you know? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, even in RAM exchange, um, we had a time when prices were crashing. Reason being is everybody everybody had multiple laptops and computers in their house, right? Yeah. Back then, 10 years ago, but now it's changing because right. people are using their phones to go on the internet. Right? People are using tablets to go on the internet, so they don't need demands for laptop computers anymore. So we start struggling. So then our pivot that time was, okay, I'm struggling, I don't know what to do. So we decided to focus on the server side. Cloud computing is popular, you know, internet's getting popular, so we start focusing on server RAM. And so when we did that pivot to server RAM, and away from laptops and, and, comp- and desktop computer RAM, it, our business just took off especially Mm -hmm. with uh crypto you know Mm -hmm. this crypto industry you need uh servers to you know to mine them all right yeah so then we started and luckily we pivoted right before crypto got popular yes only at one at the right time
0: (laughs) yeah right (laughs) timing like we were timing
2: yeah so our revenue jumped around like four to five times Uh uh-huh just because of that pivot yeah, yeah, and, and and some of my competitors that didn't make the pivot, they're struggling right now, or they're out of business already.
1: Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. How, how do you recognize these opportunities to make these pivots? Is it like a natural instinct? Do You guys read some news? Do You guys talk to people? Like what comes yeah. to your intuition for these type of pivots? What we notice is demand,
2: right? Yeah. So laptop and desktop demands are
1: shrinking. When
2: then your customers keep, keep talking about servers, yeah. and we're like, we're not even doing this business. We'll be stupid not to. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have a you, your same customers are asking for other, other um, items that you don't have. So you gotta find a way to pivot. Mm-hmm. You gotta keep changing and reinventing your company yourself. Mm-hmm. If not, then then you become too old and people just forget about you. And, and, mm-hmm. and because of that, we also started IT server exchange. Yeah, so we refurbish and hotel servers. You know
3: as well.
0: Yeah. 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 That's great. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say like really inspired by how you guys are able to just see opportunities and like, you know, same with Teaspoon. I think a lot of boba shop owners, they were also freaking out because of the pandemic, you know, like part Mm -hmm. of the experience of going to get boba too, is like going into a boba shop and sitting inside the store, drinking your boba, Mm -hmm. you know, really just absorbing that environment and atmosphere of the boba shop. But like Brian and I recently went to Teaspoon couple days ago mm-hmm. in South Bay and we saw it was like very organized you know they set up like a station and you guys just get your your boba to go and then you know it's like simple as that so just like always so inspired by like how yeah. efficient and, and, and that's the day we're, we're
1: supposed to meet up guys yeah. <laughs> so we're like okay in honor of Jack and, and David we'll go to his tea yeah. school and drop boba anyways <laughs> you. Yeah. Yeah. we definitely have to do something because of yeah.
2: COVID-19 mm-hmm. so we yeah. we have to do Touchless deliveries,
3: mm-hmm. order yeah. ahead,
2: to, uh, and we have the app with the teaspoon yeah. app. Oh yeah, so the you teaspoon can app. Schedule, yeah. mm-hmm. Yes, you, you can schedule whenever you want to. Um, hey, I want on Friday at two o'clock. I want I want to have my boba. Yeah. yeah. So they can schedule ahead of time, and and we'll make it for them during that time. You know, yeah. we were one of the first boba chains to do the touchless pickup. Uh huh. No one was doing it when, when we yeah. started. I, looked at, I went to a ton of boba shops. There were people still going into the stores, opening that, catching <laughs> that door, and opening it, waiting in line to order. And we were the uh-huh. first to do that. So a lot of people they felt more comfortable ordering at Teaspoon.
0: Right. Right yeah. right. yeah. Yeah. You guys are the, like one of the only ones that I've seen with the app with the, the oh, yeah. touchless you know i'm, I'm so also a germaphobe so
1: that helps a lot
0: i know every time like brian and i go into a boba shop we're always like oh uh, well, no, you- even, <laughs> even before the
1: pandemic like we're not even touching <laughs> anything really
0: you touch the, the door handle no you touch <laughs> it <laughs> you know,
2: know for our employees as well we have to keep them safe right. right um in the very beginning you know we have trouble keeping people working for us is because they're afraid of covid and, and i don't blame them i would be scared too uh-huh. my my Parents would tell them not to work, but what we did it made everyone feel comfortable. Yeah. And when they're comfortable, then we know business is is going to work out. Yeah. So that's what we did, and we we've been doing it even though uh, the county and the state they allow like dine-in, you know, where you can really go in. We still don't do that. Yeah. Because people are still scared. Yeah. yeah. People are still scared to go out even though they allow dine-in for restaurants we of of open our doors and let people come into the kind of order, but we decided you know we, employees have to be safe because if you if you get one employee with covid it might infect everybody else yeah <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. so it, it's hard to find good people so we decided okay just keep this um touchless pickup, you know and 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 just keep it like this even through the season. we just keep it like this until the pandemic gets better mm-hmm. until that vaccine comes out when people's confidence are better
3: yeah and and
2: And we expected another lockdown, another shelter in place because we knew the flu season was coming. So it wasn't opening up for a month and then closing again, Mm
0: -hmm. you know? I think that's also the part where, like, a lot of people have respect for companies that actually take precautionary measures like that, too, you know? A lot of restaurants, they're struggling, and so that's why they're opening up for indoor dining, but... For people to see that a restaurant or some sort of store like a boba store is like actually taking it's precautionary seriously? measures. It's it's like serious. You know, people actually look into that and take that into consideration. And people have a lot of respect for people who like take care about other people's safety.
2: Yeah. yeah. Our yeah. sales show so important. I mean, um, this year's probably, probably had our highest sales ever this year. Because customers see what we're doing and, and they know that it's safe. And they appreciate what, what Teaspoon does for the community. Yeah. We go to hospitals and we, we donate, we give drinks out to people, the frontline workers. No, that's awesome. Thank you.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
2: we have to reach out to the community. If we don't do that, then people look at us, what are you doing for us? You know? Yeah. So that, that's very important for us. Yeah. And,
1: yeah. Yeah. We have to emphasize that too. It's like when you're running a company or a business owner, yeah. your actions matter a lot. You know, mm-hmm. and you're yeah. not just selling your product, you're not just selling your brand, like you're selling an action behind that. Yeah. And your action is, look, we, we do boba, but during this pandemic, we're going to support this, this, and this. It exactly. actually causes more harm when you're quiet and we don't speak up, when you don't support, mm-hmm. you don't do anything. You know, yeah, and I think that's, exactly. that's what people yeah. need to recognize too. It's like as a business owner, as a community uh, leader, it's like you have to take action. You know, mm-hmm. people look you up have to you.
2: Yeah, and now integrity is very important too. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Out of curiosity, so you went from college to starting your ram company to getting to Denny's, branching out into teaspoons when you saw you know indicting may not be the future, which you guys absolutely right. So let's focus this section on real estate. (laughs) You know, like real estate is a very popular subject among our listeners as well. And how did you guys get into real estate, and how did you understand so much like in business and restaurants and now real estate, like how'd you guys find time to master all three categories? How do you find time for that? Well, <laughs> We like to learn.
3: Mm.
1: We like to learn everything. And when you have extra money,
2: you, you want to invest into something,
3: mm-hmm. you know,
2: and I try to play stocks, but it, it was not for me. I was sing up and down all crazy <laughs> <laughs> and, and I didn't feel comfortable with it. I, I actually want to build a real asset that mm. can appreciate that can make money. You know, when I look for a, a a property, which we only do retail and industrial offices. For retail, we got to look at location. It has to be a plus location. It has to be a location. Second thing, we look at the lease. You cannot buy anything that paying over market rent. If the market rent right now is two dollars a square foot per month, and you have a Starbucks paying you three fifty, when the Starbucks leave, you're gonna be underwater. Yeah. It's going to be very, very hard to recover from that.
3: Yeah.
2: And yeah. then third is the brand. So I look at best location, make sure the lease is at market rate. And third, the brand, I don't care what brand, it could be a Chinese restaurant, whatever, but at least if the location is good enough, you can rebrand itself and, and, and it probably will even make more money. So that's how we look at it. Yeah. So then, um, we own quite a bit of like a uh, single tenant with, uh, properties we own, uh, a strip mall. We also own um Hanford Regional Mall, oh, wow. the one wow. with uh, we have like J.C. um we have Ross, yeah, we have uh, a lot of big tenants. You know, um, Applebee's, Chili's, yeah. Buffalo yeah. Dunkin' Donuts, yeah. you name it. Yeah. Um, so, but we own that with a group of people. We're just the biggest investor. I, well, what I like about probably
3: it's an asset. It's
2: an asset, you know. Mm-hmm. So. That's what I like about it. You got to make sure your leases have in yearly increases, right? Yeah. Because every year there's inflation. You're at what, like two, 2%, two 2.5% inflation. If you don't have increases in your leases, you lose money on your property, yeah. mm-hmm. right? So I typically like at least 2 to 3% increases, mm-hmm. yearly increases in your lease. So you got to make sure you got your, your increases in, yeah. make sure you got a good tenant, in a good location, people say it's risky. Yes, it's risky. But you can make a lot of money. But in, but in real estate, the reason why I, said, I, don't ask, I don't put all my money in restaurants. I don't put it in one egg. You got to diversify. If your restaurant goes to, you know, if you bankrupt, you have nothing. Yeah. And you're still, you're still stuck in the lease. You have to pay. But, we, but a, a property, if it falls in value, if you still have an asset, it's still worth something. Yeah. Right? If you invest something for five hundred, it drops ten percent. You still worth four fifty. At least you still have some equity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you just, as long as you hold it long term, it appreciates. You're okay. You know, you you can hold it and it goes up and down. Where as a, if you're in a recession, you own a restaurant and it goes all the way down. You start losing money. You're gonna close.
3: Mm-hmm. You can't
2: hold on to yeah. a losing restaurant. Yeah. Right. Whereas a property you can. So so that's why we invest in restaurants because we want to diversify because all we had was businesses. We had yeah. restaurants and ramen machines, as a business, but
3: I didn't
1: have any hard assets,
3: right? you know? Yeah. And
1: I didn't want to leave money in the bank. It wasn't going to do any good,
3: right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I
1: like that a lot. Yeah. And, you know, during this podcast, we talked a lot about your successes. Let's focus a little bit more on the failures, too. Like, mm-hmm. what kind of lessons oh. did you learn in your failures in the past, and what were these failures? So, me, my brother, and a friend, we used to own this restaurant called Flames Restaurant.
2: You heard of Flames? Flames Coffee Shop Bakery? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, so uh, it went under and we converted to our own brand. It was called Red Rocket Cafe. Okay. Oh, yeah. Within six months, we closed down. Why? Because our food cost is too high.
0: Mm.
2: You know, it, it yes, okay, if you have a patty and your bread or whatever, it's going to cost you this and you sell for this price. But we forgot you have economists, you have wastage, you have all these things that added into the food cost, which you really think you can't just do a number and say, okay, you buy 10 bread, 10 pieces of bread for $10. Each bread is $1. It's not yeah. going to be like that. Yeah. yeah. Which we thought, you know, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you cook a food and, 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 and it's bad, you got to remake it. Yeah. yeah. So our food cost was too high. It was too hard to make. It was a stream. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't streamlined. So you have a restaurant. I don't care how good your food is. If your food can't come out, customers are not going to come. Are they going to wait an hour for their food? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to streamline your menu where it makes it easier to cook and bring the food out. Mm-hmm. So you, you have to compromise somewhere. We failed so bad. because yeah. We hired a consultant to make our menu. But we had 15 burgers on the menu with 15 different cheeses. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, and it was just a disaster. You couldn't control food costs. And we closed out and <laughs> lesson learned. So we learned owning your own restaurant isn't for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if you're a real cook, maybe it's for you. Uh-huh. But a franchise model is much easier because you just okay. model a footprint. It's a cookie cutter, right? Cookie cutter, you got follow a cookie cutter and do it yourself. Yeah. If you're a gourmet chef, yes, good. But you have to consider, can you bring the food out in time for your customers and how fast, how long does it take to cook it? We're not okay. Gordon Ramsay or anything. So you <laughs> got to kind of compromise. Yeah. You, you, you need to have good quality, but mm-hmm. you need to compromise a little bit to at least bring it up here so it's easier for you to, to serve the people yeah. So that's that's what we learned yeah. and and we failed, we lost so much money. We were stuck in a personal guarantee, we ended up buying out the lease. Uh-huh. Um uh, we negotiated We we at a lease buyout and we lost too much money. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, that's we, we had too we had too many failures. Built a house, lost money. We built a house from ground up, custom yeah. house. We lost five hundred thousand. So
3: <laughs> one house.
2: So we wow. we bought a piece of land and we wanted to build a house together, and live together, custom right. ground up. But the problem is, it was on a hill. Why uh-huh. mm. is on a hill? You need something called geohazard clearance. Mm-hmm. So you got to do your research on the soil. Is it feasible to have a house? You know, what, what kind of grade the dirt is? How solid, how, how moist is it, you know? Yeah. So it, and that, that took a long time. Also, you need to do a retaining wall, but right? You have a hill. So then you got to have retaining wall on the back. And so then, then the, your foundation is no longer a concrete slab. It's yeah. going to be a pier with mm-hmm. piers, right? Mm-hmm. And it costs a lot more then you got great, the dirt and everything. And you overbuilt the area. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, nice. yeah <laughs> so we made the house too nice mm-hmm. and uh, too nice for the neighborhood. And it cost way too much on the hill. And it took way too long. It took us like, I think it was like two years to get the geo clearance and permits, uh-huh. another year to build. So it yeah. took way too long.
0: Yeah. So Even we though oh. live in
2: the house?
0: Yeah, is that a different house that you guys are living living in? <laughs> no, we don't we sold that house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When we sold that house. Uh, we lived
2: down with for like a year and a half, but like forget about oh, it. Oh I see. <laughs> we sold the house and we bought a house, um, these two homes. these was in better school. That time we were living together,
3: right? And
2: then we both had our second kids. At first it was you know, one kid each, you know, with us and our wives, six people, it's okay. But when you both had have another kid. And yeah, four kids in house is really hard. It was too hectic, too crazy. And we thought, okay, it's about time for us, you know, to move out. And we thought, okay, let's try to, you know, homes nearby. You know, Are these same zip codes so we can visit each other and help each other with the kids? But luckily, we got homes right next to each other. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's
2: awesome.
0: Yeah. I'm very curious. What would you say is, like, the best thing? about working together you guys are like identical twin brothers you guys like always grew up wearing the same thing you guys look like you have like super strong chemistry what would you say is like the best thing
2: the best thing i i'm telling you because we're twins is trust because mm-hmm. i know he's gonna do whatever if i didn't do it i know he's gonna do it but i tell him <laughs> oh, I, I need to do it for me whatever he's gonna do it you know we have the same goals you know so you know other partnerships a lot of partnership doesn't work out because they think hey i'm doing more than you if i do this why don't you do that mm-hmm. you know one person spent 30 hours one person spent 10 hours it's not gonna work out mm-hmm. but since we're we're brothers and we share everything you know we have that trust and that bond where it's okay if i do a little more work it's okay we're doing it for us you know mm-hmm. Or like like i need something done at work Dave, if you go to work i'll take care of your kids Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, so we we it's a team. It's not
3: just
1: work, but outside work. We're still a team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you under undersimplify partnerships a lot. You know, partnerships are extremely hard. They
0: are. Yeah. You know,
1: even <laughs> yeah. as a as a couple for right now with me and Maggie too, it's like it, it is really hard. But yeah. the thing is, when you're talking about what we do for us, mm-hmm. it matters a lot.
3: Because mm-hmm.
1: sometimes yeah. like, I'll take like sixty hours a week. Maggie takes ten, or she takes fifty. I take forty. You know. Yeah. It's it it yeah you have to think about the big vision big goal Mm -hmm. and you can't think about i'm doing more work than you you're doing less work than me it doesn't work out Mm -hmm. are we getting the result that we want to get that's the end goal
0: i agree yeah counting the hours
2: you work and your partner work is not going to work out (laughs) yeah yeah
0: yeah. i think the reason why a lot of partnerships don't work is because they keep thinking about how it'll benefit them right like thinking about what it will do for them. But if you think about big picture, like Brian said, and you guys said, what will it do for us, right? Like how can it benefit yeah. us as a team? And will it help yeah. us get to our end goal together? You know, yeah. that changes everything.
2: Yeah. It, it benefits our families. Right. We share the same family. It benefits, yeah. it benefits our yeah. parents. We share the same parents. Yeah. So yeah. that's how we look it's at it. I sad to say, a lot of people, they always think about me, me, me. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
2: You know? How does it benefit me? But then you should think, well, how, do, how should it benefit the company? Right. How should it benefit us? Yeah. But when, when it becomes me, you know it's not going to work out.
3: Right. And, and
2: I see so many partnerships fail because of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we had partnerships where it didn't work out, but you know what? We're still friends. We still call each other every day. We still yeah. laugh. Yeah. We know it didn't work out, but we never had a partnership where it went, it went sour. Mm-hmm. so yeah. you you kind of have to also his personality as well you kind of have to give in in a way yeah. you know you, you you're kind of marrying marrying into a partnership right so you got to yeah. make sure that both sides personality kind of click as well yeah, you
1: know? yeah. yeah. i like that a lot i'm kind of curious too like what is your mindset and attitude going through the entire journey together you know it's just like oh yeah we're gonna be really rich. I want to be. I want to change the world. I want to impact this and that. What is that mindset as you're waking up every day to do to do what you want to do to to accomplish your goals?
2: You know, first thing I want to say is, i our relationship got better since we started the company. You know, you grow up, you get drama. You know, you fight siblings, you know like that. Yeah. But when you started the company, our relationship got a lot better. You know, growing up, so we're actually closer than ever, right? yeah 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 yeah. but our, our our mindset um honestly we don't really have a goal we just want to make sure our family is fed um our, our wives are happy and our parents are proud of us
3: yeah mm-hmm. and
2: that's about it um i can care less if people think i'm rich or I'm poor i really don't care as long as uh we take care of our family
3: mm-hmm.
2: and everyone's happy we, we, we all, we're all gonna leave this earth and we can't take our money with us. Mm-hmm. money doesn't go with you to the grave, right? And then when you die, whatever money you have left, most of the time, if it's over a certain amount, it'll be taxed anyway. So the government's gonna huh. take a big <laughs> chunk of that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right?
3: Yeah.
2: And then the if you inherit, great. They have money, but you don't know how they're gonna spend it.
3: Yeah. Right?
2: Yeah. So I, I just live in the moment right now um, and I'm happy. Yeah. You know, so it's just, as long as, like you said, um, I'm not worried about putting food on the table. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and people around me are taken care of. My mm-hmm. parents are taking care of. My in-laws are taking care of. Mm-hmm. Right. That's yeah. the most important. And, and, and what everybody's goal is, should go is, growing up, your parents take care of you. Right. But right. when you're selfish, you should be able to take care of yourself. And once you can take care of yourself, yourself that's accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And then you take yeah. care of your parents. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah. I love
2: that. Parents yeah. is, is, is a very important thing. But not, not only my parents, also my in-laws, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you guys treat your in-laws the same as your parents.
0: If not, your, your wife's going to be pissed off. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Gotta gonna keep a- the wife happy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, I absolutely agree. I like that, too. I'm very family-oriented as well. Like everything I do, mm-hmm. I think about my, my parents, how I could take care of them. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And yeah, that's, that's my, my biggest why, too. Like, the time I wake up and it's like, am I doing stuff that they're proud of me? You know, yeah. it matters a lot. Because mm-hmm. yeah.
2: the last the last thing I want is when I'm 40, 50, and my parents are much older and I'm yeah. struggling financially. Mm-hmm. And when you start financially and you have that burden to take care of your parents, that's a lot of stress on you.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So yes, money does come with stress, but also at the same time, is a stress reliever for the
0: people around you. It is, yeah. Right? Yeah. No, like, I love how, like, you guys do it for the things that actually matter, right? Like, yeah. some people yeah. just chase after their goals just so that they can get rich. But if yeah. it's that case, they're never gonna be happy because they're always gonna want a bigger amount, you know, more money. Mm-hmm. But you guys actually yeah. do it for, like, the people that matter and the things that matter, which are, you know, the family members that are around you, your peers that yeah. you love. And, you know, like, yeah you do it for them, you know, that's, that's your Mm -hmm. why. And for me, like personally, like, you know, I'm also very family oriented, but then I want Mm -hmm. to, you know, God forbid, like, you know, we're all going to die on, you know, someday, but for my parents, like if if it's their last day, I want them to be proud of me too. You know, I don't want them to leave this earth without them feeling worried or scared about like, what's going to happen to me. Right. And you guys are, you know, prime example, you guys are like setting the foundation for your parents to be happy and, you know, be proud of what you guys are doing.
2: Well, yeah, but we also gotta be fortunate. That we live in America,
0: all
2: right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you live in other countries, you know they stress out until the day they die. Yeah, yeah. opportunities. Yeah. I mean, here, as long as as you know what you're doing and you have you work hard mm-hmm. and get lucky, good things will happen.
3: All the resources are there for you, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah,
0: exactly. Right?
3: So, I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So, what would you say is like your one? Um, advice to aspiring entrepreneurs since our group in Asian hustle network is full of aspiring entrepreneurs. And you guys, you know, you started your business at such a young age curious <laughs> to see like what your advice would be. And one from each of you guys.
3: <laughs> Go David.
2: Advice. Okay. What my advice is, don't chase the money, work hard, build a good foundation, do the right things and good things will happen. Um, I see so many examples of people just wants to get rich quick. No one can get rich quick unless you hit the lottery. Yeah. It takes time, it takes effort, it takes energy. So work hard, be smart of how you spend your money and also when the opportunity comes, take it. When you're young, you need to take the, the opportunity. When you're tw- when you're early 20s, even early 30s, Mm-hmm. if someone comes up to you and 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 present opportunity and you think is good go for it but mm-hmm. when you're 40s and 50s when you have a family you need to slow down mm-hmm. you cannot take risks when
1: you're older well technically you can but mm-hmm. it's just you know mm-hmm. you're you're you can recover a lot quicker yeah. when you're younger
3: mm-hmm.
1: yes yeah mm-hmm.
2: yeah take take the risk when you're young yeah. you have nothing to lose worst thing you do is go home and live with your parents mm-hmm. so that's, That's not my boredom.
3: advice.
2: <laughs> 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 you know, work hard, build good foundation for for your company,
3: mm-hmm.
2: be smart, and hopefully you get lucky. <laughs> take, mm-hmm. take the risk when yeah. it's necessary. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I like that a lot. For me, grabbing the opportunity, learning. Because in business, you have to learn. You have to learn every day.
3: Mm-hmm. Because if you're not
2: learning, everybody wants fun living. You know, it, if you're gonna do the same thing for work every day, it's not gonna work. You have to like, keep your ears open, your eyes open. Yeah. You know, when you have opportunities, mentorships, mm-hmm. you learn. And the more knowledgeable you are, the better more the, the, the more likely your company will succeed.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: also getting lucky, all right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can tell you, you know, entrepreneurship is really hard. Mm-hmm. Working on your own is very hard because you you know, because if you work for someone, you know you can get that paycheck every month, mm-hmm. right? But working yourself is that, that's not guaranteed. All right. It's, it's not guaranteed. So, so being a, being a hustler is, is really hard. But at the same time, you remember you, you have to keep learning, mm-hmm. keep learning, grab those opportunities while you can. Right. You know, if you have an opportunity to go to networking, go these networking events that you guys used to have, you know, you go there, you, you meet good people, you know who knows you, you can bring them to your company and they'll help grow your company or you can do collabs with them or or you know yeah you, you think business ideas all right right so networking is really important and don't be afraid to network
1: yeah you yeah so you, you have to be out there mm-hmm. yeah 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 my favorite oh. philosophy in life is if you don't ask you don't get
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know yeah so
1: you keep on networking yeah. keep on asking and keep on learning
3: yeah
2: yeah because you meet this guy then maybe like three years later you know something came I'm like, oh I met this guy somewhere. Oh, yeah. Let me get his number, you right know? And yeah. then you and then you call them and then you, you you know you work with them and you know and things take off from there. Right. You right. Know, I've met a lot of people at the Asian hustle network, like really solid people. Just people I'm still working with right now, you know, and you know, real estate brokers, you know, marketing people, awesome mm-hmm. people. Yeah. And, <laughs> about and, that? Yeah. and people would with, with with these kind of mindset, you can't find everywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm gonna go and Yelp and look up marketing or real estate agent. Yeah. No, you know, and and people that that I, I like
3: people that like
0: to hustle, right? Uh-huh. So yeah. Well, we're really glad to hear that. You yeah. know, uh, I love how you guys trust Asian Hustle Network and we
1: trust you guys too. Yeah,
0: just, yeah. You know, we we make sure that it's a safe space. We you know everyone in there is like like minded. Mm-hmm. And yeah. just really glad to hear that you guys were able to find so many connections inside the network.
2: Yeah. 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 Excellent people on the Asian Hustle Network. So I, I'm in a lot of groups on Facebook. You know, let's say groups are like you know like ten different groups. I haven't met any. I have not had a group where the people are as active as they are in Asian Hustle Network. Other group, one post every day, every two three days. You know, you get like three four comments, but there's like ten thousand followers. <laughs> Right, you guys have 50, you make a post, you get 100, 200 comments.
1: Because you know? yeah. everything oh, we do for Asian Hustle Network is made out of love <laughs> and dedication <laughs> and tears and a lot of DMs.
0: <laughs> a lot of tender love and care. Yeah, we yeah you want to find a
2: mentor? Asian Hustle Network. You yeah. know? Yeah. You going to find a mentor out there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh. Awesome. Yeah. Well, how can our listeners learn more about the two of you, Jack and David?
2: I don't know, <laughs> um I could be a mentor to some people, you know I, I don't yeah. mind, you know, yeah. you know, for me is I don't care about competition anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not that stage in life where I want to see other people succeed yeah you know there's there's no point of competing anymore for me, you know I, I have kids yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm happy, you know, so I, I would like to support people out there,
0: yeah, awesome yeah. any yeah. way that they can reach out to you guys on like social media or um, website.
2: Yeah, I, um, I'm I'm not that active in like LinkedIn and okay. Instagram because yeah, but I'm I'm pretty active on Facebook, so you can send me messages. Me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I'm pretty old school, you know. TikTok. I didn't even know what TikTok was until
0: like two <laughs> no, months ago.
1: We did you us. No, just kidding. have TikToks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your guys' stories, Jack and David. It was amazing learning more about the two of you
1: yeah thank you so much we love you, you thank guys you for much. having us yeah
0: awesome. nice. thank you for
2: having us we appreciate it you yeah, know we had a good time talking and chatting us
0: too yeah likewise.
2: thank you
1: thank you guys maybe we should go out to lunch sometime <laughs> hey guys we hope you enjoyed this episode please subscribe to the show
0: we would like to get to the top 10 on itunes so be sure to leave us a five-star review We release an episode every single Wednesday, so stay tuned.
1: Thank you guys so much.